Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Miner. I'm Josh Carter. And we're the marketing team at Hatch, and this is built by the podcast for marketers. By marketers. Super cringy tagline, still working on it. But what is built by? I don't know what is built by. Yeah, I literally just pulled them in for this. Um, <laughs> built by is our attempt to connect with marketers in the home improvement space. Our company, Hatch, has been working with home improvement companies for the past two years. And as marketers, we've seen a lot of uh, good stuff, bad stuff, and ugly stuff if we're, we're being legit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> newspaper ads, uh, which is okay. It's all branding. But there's a lot of things happening um, on the marketing trends that I think a lot of home improvement companies are missing out on. And what we want to do is kind of bridge that gap. So we're going to be bringing in partners, um, uh, other customers in the home improvement space to see what they're doing, um, what they're learning, what's working, what isn't working. Um, honestly, you can learn more from failures than you can from just keeping the status quo. So we're excited to talk about that a little bit. And really our goal is every episode, after every episode, you have a few key takeaways that you can bring to your business. Whether you're a roofing company, a window company, a siding company, or you're a home improvement CRM or a home improvement lead gen consultant, whoever you are, you're going to have key takeaways um, based upon some of the cutting edge marketing strategies uh, that we're seeing in the industry yep. today, um, you know, you're going to be able to bring those to your business. And that's our goal here at Built By. And I'm really excited for the first episode, we're going to be talking about blogging and we're going to be bringing on a company that does a really good job at blogging and that's Service Monster. They're a home improvement CRM. They focus on restoration and uh, their marketing coordinator, Michael Madison, does a really good job at um, increasing the amount of traffic, increasing the amount of leads um, that Service Monster gets just by uh, blogging. And blogging is something that doesn't cost you a dime to do, but it mm -hmm. does cost you a lot of time. Yeah. And how can you effectively manage that time and get the most out of your blogs? Um, so we'll share some tips, um, some ways that you can get started, some topics, and just insights that we've been learning. So uh, stay tuned. So as marketers, it's really important to always be communicating the value that you're providing to the business. Mm -hmm. And in blogging, it's very much a long game, right? So I'll give you an example. We just got a inbound lead on our website from an ebook that we created six months ago. So it's really important that when you communicate what you're doing in terms of content creation, whether it's video content, blogs, um, I mean, images for that matter, <laughs> graphics, infographics, whatever you're doing, um, that you're communicating to the business that what you're doing is, is laying the foundation for a content strategy that's going to ultimately bring people to your website through search engines. It's going to be content that you can use for sales enablement. Um, it's ultimately going to drive you new leads, which new leads means more appointments, more appointments mean more business, more revenue for your, for your uh, home improvement company. So when you're communicating with your CEO, your owner, make sure that you talk through the benefits from a long-term perspective. These owners oftentimes expect you to want to be only doing things that are going to drive the business the next day, like cold emailing, cold calling. Mm -hmm. This is a long game, and we're going to talk through the best ways today uh, to kill that long game in terms of blogging, um, as well as some pitfalls to avoid as you're doing that. Yeah. So, 
I mean, ideally, the best content engines um, take about six months for you to start seeing results on. Um, so just keep it in mind with everything we're talking about. Um, one thing that I want to talk about um, before we dive into tips and, and other things is um, <clears throat> a stat that I recently found that 70%, give or take, of the buying decision is already made before a customer even reaches out to you to get a quote or to find out about a product you have. Um, so your blog should be the main place that those customers live to learn more about your offering, about your story, and what you can provide. Um, the main overall keyword for all of this is education. So educate your customers and build that trust and <clears throat> they'll be more likely to part with their hard-earned money um, because they trust you. They, it, it's something about um, trusting you as an expert in the space and um, the blog is really where that content will live. Um, what I want to talk about is um, just a quick kind of story to, to set the scene here. Um, one of my um, marketing, I guess, idols, as you can call him, um, this guy by the name of Marcus Sheridan. Um, he wrote a book called They Ask You Answer. And it's a really, really good book to run up the ladder to your leadership to get them to understand the importance of blogging and why you should be doing it in your business today. A um, little backstory on him. He uh, was a pool salesman, um, kind of local guy. Um, he's from the Richmond area. We're based in Richmond, Virginia. And um, he sold pools during the 2008 recession. Um, I don't know any other high consideration purchase that's harder to sell during a recession than a pool in the backyard. Oh, um, but his blogging and the work he did, um, made he actually sold more pools than anyone else in the world during the recession um, because of the groundwork he laid with his blogging. Um, and his philosophy of they ask you answer. It's so hard to write a blog when you're staring at a blank page on your computer. I do it all the time. Josh sees me and I just kind of pull my hair out over it. But it's uh, your, your topics are, you're learning them every day. You're hearing them every day. And it's what your customers are asking. So anytime you sit down with a customer, any question they ever ask, you should be writing down that question, and you should be writing a blog around it. A quick 400, 500 words around each blog. Um, and if they're asking you these questions in person, they're searching Google for these questions. They're binging these questions. It's, it's not a matter of um, hiding the answers, uh, whether it is like product comparisons or anything. They can go through your website all day, but um, the importance of blogs is making that Googleable content live on your website. Make um, it easy for them to get to the information that they want. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's five big areas that Marcus recommends um, you write content around that people are asking about what, what they want to find out. And you can relate this to yourself. I mean, this is all things that I know all of us have Googled in the past week, probably at least the past month. Yep. Um, Number one, and this is the hardest one, and I have never been able to get leadership to, to, when I tell them this, to say, oh yeah, that's a great idea, let's definitely do that. Um, number one is cost. Um, this is the primary thing your customers are, are searching online. Um, if you have cost on your website, that's great, but you need to make it more pointed. So create a blog around how much do, uh, how much do vinyl windows cost? 
that's a great thing that people are definitely Googling. Um, I don't have the SEO results on hand, but I'm sure it's in the millions, probably. Oh, no doubt. Of monthly searches that these customers want to find. Um, the thing about cost is that it's really easy to hide it, and a lot of leadership doesn't want to talk about cost because it comes with the competition. Our competition isn't talking about cost on their website, and they'll have an advantage over us if a customer yep. goes to them. Um, but I think the trust factor of you're not hiding behind anything. You're actually talking about um, what they want to know, and it just makes you an expert that they can rely on. And um, that Marcus talked about cost of pools on his website. Generated tons of leads by doing this. Um, and all it takes is an hour or two of your time. Um, whether it's outside of work, um, if you can't get buy-in for your team to you know, sit, to put an hour or two on your calendar to knock it out. Um, but the results will speak for themselves. Yeah, no doubt. And, and when you're talking about cost, it's okay to put in a range, right? These people are not wanting to talk to somebody and have somebody come to their own home just to have them walk around the house and then give you a cost, you know, an hour later. Mm -hmm. They want to get it now. And in this day and age, you go on Amazon, you know how much the price is, right? So in a day of e-commerce, people are starting to treat home improvement type of exchanges um, as very similar to how you would work with a apparel company online. Yeah. It's, it's honesty and pulling back the veil on all these things that customers typically don't find. And it's kind of a culture shock when you do find, oh, they're not trying to hide anything. This yep. is right there on their website. None of their competitors are doing this. Um, yeah, honesty, trust, all of that. What made CarMax so successful? Yeah. They have straightforward pricing, right? Um, <laughs> you know how much the car is going to be walking into the dealership. Um, and they capitalized on that consumer need uh, and create a business around it. Mm -hmm. And you can do the same without, you know, necessarily giving exact dollars and cents because that all depends on the home, the measurements, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but you can at least give a range. Yeah, give a range. Um, just something with a dollar figure. Um, it's, it builds trust. Yep. Um, the second thing that Marcus recommends you write about is uh, problems that your customer may be, may be facing in their day-to-day -day life. Um, it's actually two-part. It's problems that they may be facing um, whether it's a leaky roof, they'll Google, uh, how can I fix my leaky roof? Um, the other part of that is talk about problems with your own product. Um, this is content that lives on beyond just your blog. This is stuff that you can send to customers that have already made a purchase, that you've already locked in. Um, create that long-term relationship with them by providing, oh, this is how long um, tiles will last unless you keep up with this type of cleaner. Or... Um, in the window, the window world, there might be a few things about your windows that um, when winter comes, they could easily crack if you're not taking care of them with this particular method. Yep. Um, so it's two parts. <clears throat> Number three that he talks about is comparisons. So um, I recently went through the car buying process myself. Um, I Googled what the difference was between a Chevrolet truck and a Dodge Ram. Well, it's no longer Dodge, it's just Ram now. But um, I wanted to know what the differences are. I wanna know why I should go with one. Um, I wanna see what people are saying about um, one type of window versus um, a, a wooden paned window um, versus vinyl. 
um, just things that will give you visibility on Google and Bing and to um, get in front of them before they make the purchase decision. Um, number four is best of lists. And we love best of lists. Yeah, sorry, I just get so hyped with best of lists. It's actually funny. So we have a uh, seven best CRMs article on our website right now. Yep. Um, we've seen really good traction with it, and it's a great way for us to highlight our partners. Um, Marcus took a really interesting route with this. So he did a best of list of his best competitors, which sounds like the most insane thing to do on your website, yeah. is to highlight who you're actively selling against. Um, he saw amazing returns on it. Why? Because people were searching who are the best pool companies in Richmond, Virginia, landed on his website. Uh, Keynote, he didn't list himself in any of that. Um, he just ranked his competitors. It wasn't by who was best. It was just a list of play more pools, um, pools of Washington, D.C., blah, blah, blah. Um, but they're on his website. And you just look at the header menu bar and you say, oh, this guy has pools. And he's talking about all these other competitors. It's, it's the trust level. It's the yep. it's honesty, trust, education. It all, it all comes back to this. If he's that open, if he's that open to, and that confident Dude, to you, share his competitors, you as a consumer, you're like, this yeah. guy must be the best. Yeah, if you, he's that confident and that bold, it's yeah. like, dude, I, you're my guy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely giving you my money. Yeah. Um, and the number five thing is um, something that is, is really big for home improvement companies, and that's reviews mm -hmm. online. Um, a lot of your reviews are, uh, whether it's Google My Business or, or the five-star ratings, um, other places, but this is really a chance for you to host what people are saying about your projects. Um, think of them as case studies. Um, you just installed a sunroom on this house. Highlight pictures from the installation process. Get a quick video with the owner, them talking about the process themselves um, from their perspective. This is the things that put customers at ease when they're reaching out to your company um, to make a purchase. Yeah, and there's this one stat I read. It was something like 80% of consumers trust online reviews the same as they trust a recommendation from a friend or a family member. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is nuts. I don't so, know any of these people, and I'm, I see five stars, and I'm like... It's unbelievable, it's, yeah. It's my product. And so, so the really cool thing is, is when you're blogging about this stuff and, and as you're thinking about your strategy here, um, highlight those customer testimonials in a blog post because it's, it's one thing for them to live on the homepage. It's another thing to see them layered in yeah. um, to, to, with your content, right? Um, so for example, you could be doing a blog post on the benefits of vinyl windows. You can pull in a customer review in that blog post to say, Hey, the vinyl windows I got from this company were amazing. And here's what made them amazing. It's not necessarily a shameless plug on your company. Um, but what it is doing is it's showing how good vinyl windows can be for, you know, Joe that lives down the street. Yep. Um, while also giving yourself a little bit of pat on the back mm -hmm. and creating that reputation and that trust. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, again, it's evergreen content. So throughout the entire customer journey, um, drop them a, a blog whenever they're considering the purchase, drop them a blog whenever they've made the purchase, drop them a blog six months after they've made the purchase. Just keep in contact. And it's content that lives forever. So that's why the investment that we mentioned earlier is really important. So now we got to talk about mistakes. What are some common mistakes people make and how can you avoid them? 
biggest mistakes that companies make, and we're no angels over here. We've made these mistakes. Everyone makes these mistakes, but they're good to be aware of when you're building out your content. Number one. Too much fluff. Don't fluff it. That's pretty much it. I mean, this isn't a high school five-paragraph essay, right? <laughs> this is an introduction, three-body paragraphs, and a conclusion. This... Chicago source. No, no. Like, write, write, like we mentioned before, write to solve the problem that the user is asking to solve. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, all, that's, that's really it. Yeah. Um, as long as you're doing that, um, then you are doing yourself a very good service from a readership perspective as well as a SEO perspective, search engine optimization, the way Google looks at you. Yeah. Um, that that's just absolutely critical. And what goes along alongside that is not self-promoting yeah. as part of that content too. Because it's so easy for me to see you just promoting yourself in an article and I'm not going to read it. No. Because I think you're just trying to sell me something. So um, I click there to learn something, not to learn about your business. If I wanted to learn about your business, I could click on the header menu and go to your, your website. But um, And Google's not stupid. Yeah. Like they know when you're doing that. Yeah. So make sure that when you're writing this content that it's, it's educational, it's answering the user's question. Um, the other thing to avoid that is a pretty common mistake that I've seen in the home improvement space is copying content from one blog post to another. Mm -hmm. um, when you're selling windows, you're selling, I mean, you're pretty much selling, I mean, you're selling one product. Obviously there's different SKUs and different types of windows, um, but it's really easy. This is just an example to, to write multiple blog posts that are very, very, very similar. And it's an easy habit to get into to want to copy content to each blog post mm -hmm. from another. And what Google does is they look at that as self-plagiarism. Yeah. And you'll actually get dinged on where you rank in searches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just write content for, for humans, too. Um, keyword stuffing is, is one of the biggest, uh, like, amendments of blogs that people break um it's a human consuming your content um keep them there i mean we're talking about bounce rates and, and stuff if somebody clicks on your article and jumps off you're gonna get dinged for it it's penalties like that that will kill your seo um and then we can get more granular into like the headings h1 h2 tags yeah. things like that but um We'll just do a quick overview because it's important to know and it's important to lay out your article. And this is going to help you keep readers on there and, and make it more um, readable. Yeah, so for structuring your blog post, H1 tag, H1 is your title. That's the title. That's the content that uh, should match what your article is about. It should answer user's intent. It shouldn't be too long. A good example of this is uh, one of our customers, Pella Windows and Doors, uh, they have a blog post that is called Benefits of Installing Storm Doors, right? So when you type in Storm Door Benefits, hopefully that article will show up pretty damn near the top. Mm -hmm. um, again, that's an example of a good title, a good H1 tag, so to speak, and you should only have one per, per blog, right? Um, and then once you have that overall, you know, title, you can go into these subtitles, right? The, the specific topics that your blog is talking about. So like in terms of the storm doors, you know, eco, it's, they're eco-friendly. That's a benefit. Mm -hmm. They look nice. That's another benefit, right? So those are the H2s. So when Google's reading your blog posts, it's really smart to know like you're not plagiarizing. It's really smart to know you're not self-promoting, but it also, um, you know, needs some guidance, yeah. right? 
uh, the algorithm needs guidance. So by you doing that, H1, H2, and even H3 to drill into further into these topics, uh, you're doing yourself a favor uh, and, and with, uh, with, with Google. So that's really, I think, the, one of the most important things that, that people sidestep on, or not sidestep, but people, you know, fail on is not structuring these blog posts correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, your, your search engine traffic is going to suffer as a result if you don't do it correctly. And then the product of that is less leads. Yeah. And then all this work and time you're investing just goes by the wayside. Yeah. So that's super um, important. Yeah. More than half of your traffic should be coming from search engines. Yeah, yeah. Um, and going along with that, um, another thing that you need to be aware of is like who's coming to your website from your blogs. I mean, you need to have uh, analytics and you need to be tracking these things so you can take it to leadership and say, hey, the work that I'm putting into this is actually give it, giving us an uptick on the website. Um, more people are putting eyes on your brand because you're bringing them there from your blogs and you're answering the questions they have and you're doing all this stuff. Um, so just use Google Analytics. Yep. It's a free tool. Use Google Search Console. We could have an entire podcast episode on these two <laughs> tools. Um, but, you know, we probably will one day. Who knows? Um, but keep eyes on the metrics. Yep. I, uh, I was talking to a window company the other day. They, they closed, I think it was like a... 13k window deal because mm -hmm. somebody came to one of their blog posts about like the top window brands of 2020 it was it was something related to that yeah. uh and as a marketer you can literally go and say hey like you would not have gotten the sale if i had not written this content and they did not type in best window brands on on google yeah so it's it's incredible the benefit of that and to get them to end up buying, mm -hmm. you've got to make sure that you've got some sort of call to action or some way to keep people on the site yeah. as part of the blog. And that's another, um, I, I guess, common mistake that we've seen is that you just have the blog and then you say peace out yeah. to, the, to the reader. Yeah, there's a fine line between self-promotion and um, giving them more content to keep them engaged with your company. Um, don't sell them on your company. They to be honest, they don't give a shit about your company. They give a shit about the answer that they're looking for yep. for their question. Um, so provide them more content around that. Um, I think we mentioned it earlier. We do eBooks and, and things like that. You can do pricing sheets, white papers, anything yep. like you're the expert. So, um, have some sort of gotcha at the end. Um, super low impact. Just ask for an email, first name, last name, and it gives your sales team a chance. And this is all wraps under the sales enablement bucket. So, as long as you can get their information, um, they might not be interested in a purchase right now, mm -hmm. but they're aware of your company. You've established yourself as an expert. I've said that a hundred times because I'm trying to drive home the point that oh, I love it. Yeah. you have to be a trusted yep. expert in this space, and they're more likely to give you thousands of dollars. And no more, someone who does this a very, stopping real quick. And now I want to introduce somebody that executes so well on all of these things. Yeah. Uh, you think of like all the best practices that we just talked through mm -hmm. and you have all the boxes you want to check, 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 check. Is this guy, Michael Madison from Service Monsters. So we're going to bring him on right now. We have Michael Madison on our giant TV screen, which he can't see right now, but um, he's joining us from Service Monster from all the way in Seattle. So thanks for joining us, Michael. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm super excited to be here. 
uh, yeah, it's, it's an honor to be able to be a part of your podcast. So the first guest too, man. Yeah. That's oh, time. look at that. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, Michael is a total wizard when it comes to blogging. Um, really freaking good at it. And um, I guess I guess let's just hear from from you, man. Like like, how did it all start? Did you have to get buy-in to start blogging from your like CEO? Like like, what were some of the things that like you did to get started? Because a lot of these people are are going to be wondering like. I don't have any blog content. What do I do to get started? What were some of the best ways? Literally from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really think, well, I, when I came into Service Monster, there had already been blog content. Um, previous mm -hmm. marketing people had uh, crafted all sorts of blog content, but it had kind of fallen off for a while. There wasn't a ton of new stuff. Um, and as through my time here, I've kind of started to focus on that again because I see the value in it of uh, one of our main things at Service Monster, because we are a software company, we sell software, but more than that, we genuinely just want to help service businesses, home service businesses, um, run better businesses, be more efficient, uh, grow their businesses, reach their business goals. And one really effective way to do that is share some of the knowledge that we have learned. Um, I've learned a ton in the two years that I've been here at Service Monster. Many of my coworkers, um, including the CEO, have been doing this a lot longer. So they've learned just a massive amount from talking to actual home service businesses on what to do, what not to do, different strategies, all sorts of good stuff. Um, so I started utilizing the blog to kind of share uh, just, just a wide variety of types of content. Um, I like to focus more along the marketing related uh, content because mm -hmm. I do marketing. So it's a little more natural for me, um, but we do all sorts of uh, different stuff. And we have in the past relating to more uh, like actual business numbers and data driven uh, stuff like focusing on repeat rate and how to calculate your repeat rate. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I, my start with it was just, I was handed a blank slate of like, we have done blog stuff, but do your thing. I love of. it. Yeah. So it was really, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause a lot of the folks, a lot of the folks that we've, we've met is it's more of those like marketing is supposed to generate leads immediately. And it's like really tough to, to communicate upwards like hey like content content is going to generate me leads like later on down the line mm -hmm. it takes like six months for a content engine to really start start rolling um so it's really great that that leadership was like all on board with that at service monster um yeah so we were talking a little bit earlier about um actually creating content and coming up with an like an idea for a blog something like that um i'd love to hear how you're approaching that um <clears throat> what like blog topics are, are you putting out there? Um, what have you seen like success with, you know, anything around that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we do a lot, uh, everything from like how to's, like how to do this sort of marketing thing to like top five tips. Like we did one uh, with you guys recently. Um, and those types of posts where it's kind of, it's highlighting multiple steps or multiple aspects to one topic. Um, those are really great. Those, you know, kind of the titles of like top five tips for this or top seven, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Those types of things tend to grab people's attention. So those are great. Um, but I also do some uh, around customer success stories. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk with a lot of different home service business owners and they have told me all sorts of great stories about dealing with difficult customers. I've wanted did, I don't know, a few months ago, several months ago at this point, probably about um, a window cleaner who had a really, really difficult customer experience, but they handled it really, really well, really professionally. And I felt like that 
interaction could really serve to benefit um, any other home service business owner who is faced with a similar situation. Um, so in that sense, it doesn't really have any, uh, you know, there's nothing about really service monster in it, which is great. It's fine. I'm fine with that. It really is just, this is a situation that probably will happen to other home service business owners. And here's how uh, this person handled it in a really, really professional and uh, just, just overall really awesome way that left the customer happy and didn't harm their business. So anything like that, um, there's so many different types of things you can do. Um, you know, I see you guys do a lot of, you're, you've been doing a lot of uh, like uh, employee profiles, talking, highlighting some of the people um, behind, uh, behind the scenes at Hatch. So that's super cool. That's great content too, especially for a, I think for a home service business, like, hey, here's our lead tech, uh, John, and uh, here's one of our, yeah, our yeah. office managers. And so kind of humanizing the company even more uh, in, a, on a, in, a, in a digital front rather than just the, the face-to-face interaction that home service business owners will have. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, highlighting installers, things you can send customers ahead of time so they know who it is before strangers are like walking in their house. Yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't even think I've also seen a blog post from Service Monster where they've self-promoted. Like you guys are like, like I think that's, that's something we talked about earlier is that it's really easy to self-promote and mm-hmm. You guys have managed to just avoid that altogether, which I which I love, um, and that's been that was always hard for me starting out. Was like I when I when I write, it's like really easy to kind of do this, like I mentioned earlier, like safety blanket of like talking about the company. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you manage that when you write? Like, how do you avoid kind of trying to layer in service monster, <laughs> like with like t- try to do it tactfully, but like not do it in a self promoting way. You know, it's tough. Uh, I think, I think what it comes down to uh, a lot of times is getting additional feedback from others of like, Hey, does this sound too, too much like an ad? Yeah. 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 And and you know, I think the way that I approach it really is just, I have to remember value first, value first, Mm -hmm. value first. It has to be about the value first. Like, you know, it can totally, I tie in service monster all the time as a potential solution or just an aspect to the solution of a problem in a blog post. Um, But Service Monster is never presented as the only solution to this. And it's not presented as like, here's your problem and this is how Service Monster only can fix it. There's still other aspects to it. Um, so it really is just like, I just got to think like, okay, this isn't necessarily just for people to buy Service Monster. It's just for people who want help with something or are interested in this topic. How can I benefit them just completely basically free without them having to buy anything and try anything out. Um, I don't really have an easy way of saying like, this is how you avoid being, making it too much of an ad, but it's kind of just, you kind of just have to get used to it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The more you write, the better you get. Yeah. 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 And definitely getting feedback. I really think like having a coworker read it and be like, I think that's a little too self-promoting and I'm like, right. I'll, I'll change that a bit and add this part in. So. Yeah. Collaboration's good. Awesome. Awesome. On, on that end of promotion, um, how do you, when, whenever you do write an article um, or blog or any piece of content, um, how do you push that out to the audience? What, what is your strategy there? Um, I mean, primarily social media and email. Um, I post on uh, our Instagram a lot. Uh, there's different ways. I'm kind of experimenting right now with different formats for how to share a blog post. Uh, many people I've seen will just do like a screenshot of part of the blog. And I've done that before and kind of just showing like there is a blog here and direct them to the link in your bio. 
to read it. Um, also recently, a few times, I've actually turned um, a blog into like several pieces of uh, micro content where there's like multi, multiple pictures that you can swipe through that have kind of the highlights of the article. Um, awesome. And so it's like step, step one, I think one here, let me find one real quick. There's just as an example, because I think that can be really beneficial. Um, so this one was repeat business strategies and it's, I did it as the service monster tips thing. And then it has kind of just some text and like different strategies and just a really short block about it. And it's all comes from the blog post. So it's not like I'm having to make new content. I'm just repurposing that blog post content. Um, but it's in a more accessible form on Instagram because they can see it right there yeah. rather yeah. than having to go to our bio, click the link and then find it in there. Um, and emails too. Emails are super easy. We send it out to our, our newsletter uh, email list and there's links right there directly to it. So uh, those are really the main ways is just through social sharing um, and, and email. Uh, but it's effective. They get a lot of views that way. So it it works. That's awesome. Yeah. Inbound traffic, man. That's what it's all about. How often, how often do you send out your newsletter, by the way? Cause I'm sure a lot of people are asking that same question. It's like list fatigue is a thing, right? You have a big list of people and you're like, I don't want to send this email. I don't want to send an email out to them like all the time. Yeah. Cause then when I actually need to talk to them about something, it's sort of like boy who cried whoop. I hate to say it, but yeah. like, you know, how, how do you handle that? Oh yeah, uh, totally. That's a, some, definitely something to be aware of. Uh, for me, it tends to be, uh, no more than once a week kind of depends mm -hmm. on the time um, with a lot of change going on, like a lot of positive change in the company and like kind of some growth we're experiencing. Um, it's made it a little bit more difficult for me to be super consistent on when I'm sending things out, mm -hmm. um, which is something that we'll be able to dial in hopefully because consistency is important with that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We know that world all too well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It, it can be really tough, but yeah, definitely usually no more than once a week um, for the general newsletter. Obviously we have different audiences. We send emails to and different, different lists, but for the general content stuff, it's usually once a week or once every other week, depending on how much content we're able to push out really within that period of time. Um, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's for us, it works for a home service business. I mean, you know, a lot of people just do a monthly newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, that's all they have time for. And that's, that's effective too. I mean, it needs to be more of a, a well thought out and well crafted newsletter at that point with more content, but yeah. Uh, yeah. a once a month thing can be really great too. So yeah. Um, as long as you're providing value, that's right. Um, so we wanted to highlight one of your recent <laughs> vlogs that we saw. Uh, <laughs> This, the grossest carpet cleaning wastewater videos. And I, this is like equal parts awesome and disgusting, but it kept me engaged when I was reading. Um, Let's just click play and then talk about it. Yeah. How about that? I'd love to, to just get your, like, your thoughts on like how you came up with this idea. And I'm going to be over here probably dry heaving All while right. I watch this. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh. Oops. There we go. Yep. <laughs> that's uh dude. That's something, man. Dude, how did you find this video? Well, what we did was uh we did a contest to see who could send us the grossest carpet cleaning wastewater video. Oh my gosh. <laughs> submitted them to us. So I had the pleasure of watching these submissions and compiling the list of them uh, for people within the company to, to rank. 
So that was fun. I got to see plenty of nasty videos. So it was sent to us. So we were tagged in it by uh, a customer who um, cleans carpets and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. It's that's awesome though. Like just like looking at your Instagram post, I mean, it's got 240 views it, on, just on the single video. Yeah, and it's, and it's the carpet, it's your customer that's posting this yeah. as a submission. And then I see, I, I know you, you can't see it here and I actually accidentally clicked onto the actual Instagram in, embed and we could see like you commented on here or somebody from Service Monster commented, yeah, it's pretty gross, thanks so much for the submission. So then you, this is just like such a big branding move for you, man, yeah, by using your blog and, and you're creating, I don't know, we keep using the word tribe, but you're basically yeah. creating a tribe here. Community around all yeah. this stuff. That's awesome. I love the idea of the contest, man. That's Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it, it worked really well. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's nasty, but um, it, it worked. It gathered attention. We got a few good submissions from it. Um, we highlighted the top ones in our blog post. So, and I like that too, is it just gives like some of these clean, these cleaning companies, it gives them some love. Like, hey, like, we appreciate you guys, you know, like, thanks for the effort. Like you put forth effort to gather this content, to submit it to us and like, here you go. So, and the guy who won, won a uh, pet urine detection light. Which is <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, yeah. Giving away some, some great prizes over here. Speaking, <laughs> but speaking to your audience, man, I love it. Exactly, helps them know where to clean their carpets at. So. Yep. Yep. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, just to wrap up, I'd love to, um, hear a little bit about uh, Service Monster, share uh, some stuff with uh, some of our viewers about um, how Service Monster is kind of impacting the industry. Um, total dad joke, how you're getting your hands dirty with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> oh, dude, that was terrible. I can't believe I said that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Service Monster is, is simply a software program um, that helps people, um, any type of home service business, um, especially cleaners, uh, run their businesses, run their day-to-day -day operations. Um, most people know what a CRM is at this point, but if you don't, customer relationship management um, is what CRM stands for. Um, and it's just type of software that helps you manage your relationships with your customers. You gather all their data, keep track of them, job history, preferences. Um, we have like all sorts of, there's just so much. Um, and I could go on and on about it, but really it's just like your CRM, scheduling your jobs, any type of follow-up marketing, um, we have a mobile app, so you can run everything from your phone um, all while you're out in the field, um, which is super helpful, you know, take payments, schedule more jobs, add in new customer info, check in and out of jobs, all that good stuff right from your phone. Um, yeah, we, we focus uh, more towards the cleaning industry right now, but our software works for pretty much any type of home service business. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we're about to release a really big update um, to 6.5. Uh, a lot of massive improvements to our software. So, because our goal, Same. like I said earlier at the beginning, is just helping businesses grow um, and helping them run more efficient home service businesses. So, like our software provides that, um, but also our content too. So, you know, our blog, our Instagram posts, Facebook, or newsletter, whatever, we're all about providing value and just being a voice in the community. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not so much about just trying to like promote Service Monster only, but promoting other people within the industry um, just to create a, a community uh, and be a part of all these sub communities within um, the home service industry umbrella because there's a lot in there so I love like thousands it. of businesses so yeah we're uh, yeah we're super grateful for the partnership and uh, 
really stoked to do this webinar with you coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah, make sure fun. that if, yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're watching right now and it's, yeah. and it's before, uh, where's the date on the board here? Um, I don't have the date on the board, but if it's before the date of the webinar, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, then sign up for it. We'll have a link. Uh, and if it's after go watch the recording, it's, it's going to be really cool. We're going to talk through the top five, um, I guess, ways to, in, in the cleaning industry, to, to get repeat customers and, and new business and some really good, really cool stuff. And it was, it was kind of piggybacking on the blog that uh, Michael and I wrote together. So make sure you check that out on uh, servicemonster.net uh, and check out their blog. Um, thanks, Michael, for joining today. Really appreciate your yeah, time. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Seriously. It was uh, super fun. Love chatting with you guys. So Awesome, man. Thanks so much to Michael Madison. Thank you for watching. This has been the first episode of Built By. Um, hopefully, um, you got some takeaways to take back to your business um, on the blogging side of things and, and can maybe show this to your owner, get buy-in a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, who knows? Love who it. knows what you could do with this podcast. But um, yeah. Also, we really appreciate any feedback that you have. Mm -hmm. um, add it in the comments below. And today's episode has been Built By Service Monster, servicemonster.net. Thanks for listening.